Hey everyone, welcome back to the BT Powerhouse Podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bendit. I'm the host of the podcast as well as manager of BT Powerhouse. Continuing on with our season preview series here for the 2019-20 college basketball season. Worked through most of the Big Ten and we're continuing on with the Wisconsin Badgers here tonight. Uh, and to help us break them down, we have Bart on, uh, who is the uh, creator, I guess, of the uh, T-Rank, which is one of the the better advanced stats college basketball sites out there. Uh, Bart, we've had you on the podcast before, but if you wouldn't mind uh, reintroducing yourself and, and telling people where they can check your stuff out before we, we dive into Wisconsin here. Sure. Um, I'm Bart Torvik. Uh, as Thomas said, I've got a... Uh website at barttorvik.com, B-A-R-T-T-O-R-V-I-K. Um, and it's got a bunch of advanced stats on college basketball specifically, um, some charts and graphs, that kind of stuff. So a lot of fun stuff to play around with and takes up a lot of my free time. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But uh, but yeah, so let's let's jump into it. The, the topic for tonight is Wisconsin. They're coming off a, a pretty solid season after missing the NCAA tournament for the first year. And uh, I don't know, what was it, like a decade or <laughs> what have you? 19 years in a row. Okay, yeah. So I, I undersold it a bit. But 19-year uh, streak, they miss it. Um, not last season, but the year before. Rebound, make it last season. Uh, they do get knocked out in the first round, but still have a, a pretty solid season. Uh, what's the mood? What's the feeling uh, among the Wisconsin community as we get ready for a new season? I think the general mood is cautiously optimistic. Um, obviously, the big question mark is losing Ethan Happ, who was um, mm-hmm. such a dominant player for them for the last couple of years. Um, a great, a great defensive player, but also just very ball dominant player on offense. Um, so everything ran through him and now he's gone. So there's some serious question marks about what the team's going to look like. Um, and you know, the optimistic standpoint is that he was such an unusual player, uh, a guy at, at, in this day and age, who can't shoot at all, um, was potentially somewhat of a handicap to the way Wisconsin wants to run their offense. Um, but obviously he was so good at what he did that you had to do it. Um, but so I think the optimistic part is that these other guys were somewhat held back um, in um, sort of catering to Hap's strengths, and maybe they'll be somewhat unleashed this year. That's the that's the hopeful take. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, yeah, I, I can buy that, a, a little cautious optimism with, with the exit of Hap. Um, and and let, let's start with that. Obviously, Hap was a huge, huge player for the Badgers here over the last couple of years. Um, let's touch on just who's who's coming out the door, uh, who's joining the team this season. Uh, if you could just take a, a minute or two to just talk about, uh, you know, the departures and then on the other side, the the additions this, for this season. Sure. So obviously they, they lose Hap, um, and that's a big hole. Um, you know, a four-year starter. Um, second leading scorer in, in school history, leading rebounder in school history, leading pretty, you know, he's in the top five in pretty much every statistical category. So that's a huge hole. Um, the only other player of note that they lose is Khalil Iverson, who, you know, was a um, another sort of non-shooter athlete, uh, but a really good defender. 
but they bring pretty much everybody else back, um, and including potentially um, Trevor Anderson from injury, who is maybe an eighth man type of guard transfer from Green Bay. Um, and they and they also bring in Micah Potter from Ohio State, um, mm. although it's somewhat unclear uh, as to whether he'll be immediately ineligible. Looks like he won't be, that he'll be a second semester guy. Um, there's still a, a ray of hope that they'll get that reconsidered. But um, the only other real incoming player of note is Tyler Wall, is the only guy in their freshman class um, who's uh, sort of, I think, around a – 200 level recruit in the recruiting ratings out of Minnesota. Um, and there was actually just an article about him today in the athletic, which I don't know if you saw, but it was, it was sort mm-hmm. of interesting. I think there's some, uh, um, I think there's a little bit of optimism around him this year that he might actually be a freshman that has a role at least as sort of a guy who can defend um, maybe every position and, and kind of fill in where, where need be. Um, I think going back to Potter, that's a big question, uh, sort of a big hole that he was going to fill because where they are thin is in the front court because they lose both Iverson and Hap and they don't have any real obvious um, guys to plug that. Um, they've got Aleem Ford is kind of really their only other big uh, besides mm-hmm. Nate Reavers who's coming back. Um, and so they would. I, I would really feel much more comfortable if Potter <laughs> were available <laughs> on day one because I think he's likely to start yeah. um, when he when he's when he's eligible. Now, as far as the guys that are coming back, you've got the guards: Trice, the point guard; Davison, the shooting guard. Um, but then you got kind of Pritzel, who's maybe a sixth man um, shooter kind of guy. Um, uh, Kobe King, who's uh, maybe a you know, a small forward combo type, um, one of the more athletic guys on the team, but he's been all potential so far, hasn't really um, lived up to the hype yet. And then in the front court, you've got Micah Potter, Aleem Ford, who's a shooter, and then Nate Reavers, who is one of the, it's probably the highest rated recruit, you know, um, from back in the day on the team. Um, And so that's another um, aspect of hope, I think for the program is that Nate Reavers is going to take kind of that junior junior year jump that a lot of the Wisconsin big men have taken. And I think there's, I think there's, that's a realistic hope. He's, he's showed flashes already mm-hmm. of, of having the kind of pick and pop game for the Badgers. Um, he's been a really good defender has a, a high block rate and things like that. Um, so that's kind of where the status is as far as the returners and the, and the guys we miss. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think starting from the the first point, at least from my perspective, you know, Hap, it's it's difficult to put into words just how great of a player he was for the Badgers mm-hmm. over the last few years. I mean, he's going to go down as uh, one of the best players in Wisconsin history, uh, one of the best players in Big Ten history. Uh, you know, a guy who was consistently an All American consideration, which is just wild. Uh, for a player to do that year in and year out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that is a big loss. And I, I think, you know, a lot of people think of him as a big man, but he dominated possessions for Wisconsin offensively. You know, Wisconsin really likes to feed the big man and play out of, of the, the big position, mm-hmm. I guess. And, uh, you know, a great passer. Yeah. Couldn't do anything from outside the arc, but he facilitated a lot on offense. Great defender. Was on the floor a lot. 
you know, for a big man, I mean, think about it this way, you know, Trice played 79% of minutes last year, half played 78% of minutes. So that is wild for a big man and really yeah. puts into perspective, just there's going to be a huge hole up front, you know, whatever your perspective on what Wisconsin has coming back, uh, there's going to be a, a massive gap to fill in up front. Yep. They're going to, it's going to have to be different for sure. Uh, yeah. You know, nobody's going to, nobody's <laughs> going to replace Hap. Um, sure. Sure. A- absolutely. Um, as far on the other side, I, I agree. I think Potter is, is the big addition here. And I, I think one thing is a lot of people, I think overlooked him uh, when he was still at Ohio state, he was kind of in that, that weird transitional phase when Mata was going out, Holtman was coming in. I think he kind of got lost in the mix, but he didn't play a ton of minutes for the Buckeyes, but I always thought he had a, a nice base. And I thought, you know, if he got a little more polished, he, he could be a really nice player. So uh, he's gotten some time to develop in, in Madison. Now one would think uh, I know there were some rumblings as, as far as their practices and their, their scrimmage they had, uh, what was that a week or two ago right. um, that he, he was a player who, who was really showing out. So I think that is that eligibility issue is going to be something to watch. As of now, it looks like he's not going to be eligible until uh, the second semester, which I I would presume would would start in the the early January games. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, I think exact... it would be uh, late December. Okay, basically. Okay, yeah. Um, not that anybody's playing anybody at, at that time yeah, anyway. But actually play a game at Tennessee on December 28th, so he oh, would be eligible for that. Okay. And okay. uh, so that that's big, but they do have a pretty tough early schedule. They've got St. Mary's on a neutral court um, in South Dakota, I believe, to start the season. And then, of course, Marquette. And then they're at North Carolina State. And then they've got a couple of Big Ten games, of course. And yeah. they might play Auburn, I think, in their uh, sort of preseason um, invitational or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, so they've got a bunch of, you know, major conference games that they're going to miss him for if, if he's not eligible. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, uh, but he should be back for the heart of, of big 10 play. Well, I guess not back, but he should be eligible for, yeah. for the heart of uh, of big 10 play. So Wisconsin fans can breathe at least a little sigh of relief on, on that front. So uh, I think this team is, is losing more than it's bringing in primarily just because Hap was, was such a special player, but as you mentioned uh, a lot coming back otherwise on the roster. Um, with that, uh, if we can take a step back for a second, and as far as this team coming in this year, um, if you could just touch on, you know, what are some of the things you're most excited about, uh, you're most optimistic about, and then conversely, uh, your biggest concerns entering this season? Sure. Um, I guess I'm excited to see um, the guards and Nate Reavers um, have room to create on offense and to be to be the guys, you know, without Hap. I'm excited to see what they can do, especially Reavers. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential um, to be a really good player, potentially, you know, like an all-conference type player, if not this year, then maybe next year. Um, so I'm excited about that. Obviously, it's not a sure thing by any means, um, but I think it's a possibility. And I, and I think a guy like Brad Davison, uh, just because of his, you know, his reputation sometimes gets – um, a little bit uh, looked down upon and underrated in some ways. I think he's a really good player um, who's been put in some tough positions and 
has really performed well overall for the positions he's been put in. So I think he could he could be a really good player. And mm-hmm. overall, you know, like you said, the Badgers on paper are definitely losing more than they're bringing back. But that's as a Badger fan, that's a story that we've we've heard many times <laughs> before, right? You know, and and so this is the story of the program is that it's a developmental program, and you expect guys to develop, and that's really fun to watch when it happens. Um, obviously, the big question mark there is: is it still the same program that it's been for 20, 25 years? In that we don't know really yet if Greg Gard um, is going to be, you know, on the same level as Bo Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at some level, we know he's not going to be on that level. You know, <laughs> that would, that's too much to ask. But is he a reasonable facsimile? Can he can he keep the momentum going? And really, I think this is this is the year where we're going to find out a lot about Greg Gard because yeah. these are his guys. You know, Davison, Reavers, Kobe King was his first real recruiting class. Um, and it was a good class for Wisconsin. I think we're all pretty optimistic about those guys. And now they're juniors. Um, and now it's time to show that they've developed and that they can be the upperclassmen who lead Wisconsin into, con- you know, into contention for, you know, a top four finish as they usually are in contention for. Um, and so if that doesn't happen, um, and if they have another bad year, then you have to kind of question whether um, the model is still working. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think from a, a optimistic standpoint, I, I think the first point you made when we started the podcast is an interesting one. The the kind of thought that, you know, half plays, I don't want to call it a dated style of basketball, but let's be honest, a little bit of a dated style of basketball. Yeah, definitely anachronistic, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, the idea that, you know, maybe people can open up a little bit more uh some other guys can play a little freer you know maybe the floor spacing will be a little bit better if they can have a guy who's Mm -hmm. a little bit of a threat uh from outside or at least uh beyond three feet three feet from the hoop um so that's a positive i think the other thing is is uh basically everybody else outside of half is coming back and you have guys as you mentioned like reavers who I, I think he certainly looks like if there's a star on this team, and we'll get to this later, uh, as far as the returners are concerned, he definitely looks like the most likely pick, mm-hmm. um, at least to me. So, I mean, you have some guys there who could be primed for some breakouts. Uh, they add, are adding uh, a few new pieces. You know, Potter can make some noise. Obviously, I touched on him a little bit earlier. So I, I think it's kind of – uh, you know, you hope that with all these pieces back, you know, one guy can take a little step forward here, one guy there, and that the combination of, of all these guys developing a little bit will result in, in a team that, that's somewhere close to what it was last year. I think that's the optimistic approach. Conversely, I've touched on it. I, I don't want to harp on it too much, but Hap was a very special player. He was a guy who dominated uh, the possessions last year for Wisconsin. He carried the team at a lot of points. Um, and as you said, this is a big season for Greg Gard. I, I know some people have been, I think, a, a little bit tough on him or tougher than they they should be. I mean, he's he's been Wisconsin's coach for four years. He has two Sweet 16s, three mm-hmm. NCAA appearances. Uh, a lot of a lot of programs would would exactly. like that. Um, you know, ask Indiana. But right. uh, <laughs> um, with that said, though. You know, Hap has been the centerpiece of, of the last few years. Yeah, every, every, uh, every good guard team. Yes, and um, 
I know Garb was a big part of Bo Ryan's staff at the end of his tenure, and I, I realize he did a lot of the recruiting and whatnot. Um, but that was a holdover, you know, from from Bo Ryan. And I, I think this is the first team where you can sit back and say, yeah, this is this is Greg Gard's group. Ethan Half is not going to be carrying the day for better or worse. And it's going to be interesting because I think from a talent perspective, this team is not as talented uh, as it has been in the previous years. And we'll have to see because he's going to have to hit on on a guy like Reavers or, you know, Kobe King or, or some of these guys. He's going to have to get one who can take a substantial step forward. And, and we'll see if that happens. But if I'm a Badger fan, I, I think that's my biggest concern is, you know, who is going to be the star on this team? Because I rant about this on the, you know, season preview podcast all the time. But uh, if you want to be a serious NCAA team, a serious contender, uh, you're going to need at least a star player or two. I mean, it's not, it's not a crazy thought, you know, go look at the all big 10 teams. Generally the, the guys up there on the, on the best teams are on the best teams and mm-hmm. Wisconsin is, is going to need someone. So it should be interesting. Um, but on that point, uh, do you have any predictions? You know, Ethan Happ obviously was, was the guy who, who dominated things last season for the Badgers. Um, do you have any prediction on who it, who it might be this year if there is a uh, a star player for the Badgers? Yeah, I agree with what you said that the the most logical candidate for that would be Reavers if somebody does break out um, and get sort of above the pack. Um, then I think it would be Reavers taking a leap. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he was someone who they wanted to redshirt, um, but had to play as a freshman because of that season they had so many injuries. And yeah. so they just needed bodies and, um, but they want, he was, you know, he did red shirt for a few games before they took it off him. So to some extent, I kind of consider him um, a, a sophomore this year, you know, in some <laughs> ways, as far as a normal development and you would t- typically expect a, a leap from a freshman to sophomore. And that's why sometimes I think you get these leaps in a junior year for Wisconsin big men. Um, and also just because they're more, more typically have guys in waiting um, and that's part of the program is you pay your dues a little bit. Um, and they've been able to convince people to do that. Um, whereas some of the programs are, tend to lose guys more to transfers, maybe because they have different expectations coming in. Um, but so, yeah, I think that Reavers is the potential star. Um, everybody else, you know, the, the guards, I think are all could, can all be good players. Um, but it's hard to imagine any one of them sort of separating out um, offensively and being the guy who's the focal point of the offense rather than, I mean, they've just got a bunch of other guys, I think, who have the potential to be good shooters. And, but that's going to have to typically, you know, from the way Wisconsin runs their offense, it kind of runs through a big at some level, whether it's out, out top, mm-hmm. you know, working with the point guard or, or from uh, post feeds and kickouts. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, I probably already <laughs> uh, hinted at, at my thoughts on this. I think it's got to be Reavers uh, if you're going to pick someone. Um, I think Potter could, but for the fact that he's probably not going to play for the first few months, yeah. uh, so it's going to be it's going to be tough for him to to kind of grab that role uh, given that scenario. But I would say, for my money, it's Reavers. Uh, nobody else really stands out to me as a as an obvious pick. Not that it's it's not possible, but that, that's kind of how I see things um, in that front. But um 
with that, you know, we we've sort of taken a look at at the old roster here, who's coming in, um, who's leaving, etc. Um, do you have a, a prediction for a, for a starting lineup heading into the season? And if so, uh, what is it? So I think that you know, Trice and Davison are the starting guards. They're both back from last year. Um, Reavers was a starter last year, so I think he'll continue to start. Um, then it gets somewhat questionable. Um, I think uh, Kobe King is, will be the starter at the three. Um, and then if when when Potter is eligible, he's the other guy in the front court, I, I believe, the fifth starter. Without Potter, it's a little unclear who will start. I, I think it is, if they go with a traditional two-big lineup, then it's probably Lean Ford, who, you know, has, is kind of uh, – you know, he's 6'8", but is mostly a shooter, doesn't have a whole lot, hasn't so far showed a lot of inside game, um, although maybe, you know, banging a little bit now. Um, mm. But they could decide to go small um, and, and and start like Brevin Pritzel instead, start three guards. Um, that's a possibility, especially for kind of a temporary situation for the first 10 games. I could see them doing that. Um and even if they do start too big, I think you will see a lot of three guard lineups actually in the game. It might be the majority of three or even four guard lineups. Um, so that you know, if you're looking at at the end of the year, it's going to be, I believe, Potter, Reavers, Trice Davison, and King. Um, at the start of the year, because of the Potter situation, it's a little bit jumbled. Um, the only uh, monkey wrench I could see happening there is uh, not so much as far as starting goes, but um potentially this Tyler Wall, the freshman, um, you could see I could see him getting minutes, um, depending on how good he is. And obviously we just have no idea, but there's starting to be some mm-hmm. scuttlebutt that he's he's gonna play. You know, he's not gonna red shirt. Um and he might work his way into the at least into the rotation. And and he's and, and partly because they're just they are pretty thin in the front court behind Reavers and Potter. Interesting. Yeah, I mean I, I hate to do this because it's not the best for podcasting. Um, but, you know, I, I basically agree with with everything you said as far as the lineup. I, I think, honestly, the second Potter's eligible, it's it's pretty clear, barring somebody taking a massive, massive step forward, surprisingly, or mm-hmm. I guess somebody regressing substantially. I, I think that's going to be the lineup. Um, should be interesting to see. And I think the biggest question is going to be, can Wisconsin find a little more uh, bench depth uh, to play with those guys? And honestly, uh, for the front court, you know, what kind of minutes is, is Potter going to be able to play? Because, you know, as we talked about earlier, Hat played massive, massive minutes. And is Potter going to be able to to play minutes like that? Because, you know, he certainly did not do it uh, during his time at Ohio State. So uh, it'll be interesting. You know, he's got more experience. Uh, you would presume some some development between the uh then and now but you know it's it's going to be a question uh but yeah so so we talked about the roster now we we touched on it briefly um but the schedule uh as you said there there's going to be some challenging games you mentioned the Marquette game the uh road trip to Tennessee uh Big Ten play we we kind of know what to expect generally speaking but any thoughts on on the non-conference schedule particularly? And then uh, if you do have any uh, thoughts on the the Big Ten slate as well. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a tough schedule. Um, 
then the non-conference, St. Mary's, um, and neutral site, Marquette at home at least, but then at North Carolina State, um, at Tennessee. We don't really know how good Tennessee is going to be. A lot of people have them in their top 25, um, but they lost they lost all their star players from last the last year's team. Um, so who knows what they'll be, but you know, it's a major conference team. It's a road game. It's going to be a challenge. Um, so that's a really right there. That's just a tough slate. And then they've also got Auburn potentially as the second game in their tournament. Auburn actually pretty similar to Tennessee in that they've had a great team last year, but they lost a bunch of guys, including some guys early, um, because they went to the final four. So it's a little bit up in the air. What, what kind of team they'll have this year, but definitely decent um you know on my side i've got some schedule metrics and uh the overall um i have the badgers with the second hardest schedule in the country including wow. big 10 stuff um and part of that's because the big 10 is just pretty tough and we play so many games in the big 10 but the non-conference is is uh, depending on how you slice it you know 20th or 46th um and that includes everybody if you if you narrow it down to just like high major teams, you're thirteenth. So you know, definitely a tough schedule, um, and that's why it's it's really unfortunate that Potter's not a, not available to start the season because they've got a really tough non-conference schedule, um, and they're missing a starter. So um, it could be you know it could be it could be tough. One of the things that happened in there um, when they had that bad year two years ago was they had a really tough non-conference schedule. They had some injuries. They lost some close games, um, and then the wheels really fell off. Um, mm. So there's some worry in my mind that you know the schedule is just a little too hard. I I, I would like it to be a less <laughs> um, you know um, challenging start, especially given the Potter situation. But it also obviously gives them an opportunity to get some big wins that they can just put in the bank um, and then help them. Because I think ultimately this is probably a bubble team. You know, I think that's a reasonable hope and um, I'd be disappointed if they weren't in contention for the tournament. Um, but if you're on the bubble, you need some, some marquee wins to hang your hat on at the end of the year. And so they've certainly got the opportunities for that. Certainly. Yeah. It sh- it should be interesting. As you said, plenty of challenging games. Uh, I'm not that high on Tennessee, so maybe that'll be a little bit of an easier game. But, um, right. but yeah, I mean, NC State on the road—that that's going to be tricky. Um, jamming that that Big Ten appetizer. I mean, the one nice thing for Wisconsin is it does look pretty manageable with Indiana at home and Rutgers on the road as far as the December two-game pod goes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this this is a slate where. The Big Ten play is going to be brutal. It starts off right off the bat. Um, just these are the January, the the Big Ten games that Wisconsin has in January. Just starting out with the first five at OSU, Illinois at home, at Penn State, Maryland at home, Michigan State on the road. Yeah, I don't think tough. it's it, yeah, I don't think it's insane to think that they go zero and five in in those five games. They probably will win one, but even one and four, and I mean. Then, then you're in the situation where you're trying to work uphill. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, every game is desperation mode, etc. So it could be, it could be one of these seasons where the bubble stuff gets uh, happens a little bit sooner than people would like. Um, but yeah, Wisconsin's going to have to be ready to go early and often, and yeah. it should be 
should make for a lot of a lot of marquee games. So I guess that's one positive for fans. But True. Uh, but yeah. So with with that, uh, why don't we get to the good stuff? The the thing everybody loves to hear. Uh, season predictions. Uh, what are your season predictions? How does Wisconsin fare into the Big Ten? And and moreover, uh, do they make the postseason? If so, where do they land? Well, um, so I've got a whole website devoted to this. So I, maybe I'll just rely on that. You know, my website has <laughs> them going uh, eighteen and twelve in their scheduled games, um, and so they've got one extra unscheduled game. So you know, eighteen or nineteen wins, eleven and nine in the Big Ten, um, and those seem like pretty reasonable numbers to me. Um, so I would—that's about what I expect, um, and I think that. You know, depending on which of the games they win and which of the ones they lose, I think that puts them, um, you know, maybe an eight seed, something like that. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of my baseline expectation. Um, but you know, when you're, that's kind of the eight seed where you're maybe one loss away from being <laughs> at, in the first four <laughs> potentially. It just it just gets really tight around there, right? And it just comes down to how the ball bounces sometimes. So. Yeah, my prediction would be I'm I'm going to say an eight seed, um, eleven and nine in the Big Ten. Yeah, I have I have Wisconsin eighth in the Big Ten coming into the season, which is probably in in that same discussion depending mm-hmm. on how they do in non conference play. Obviously, um, I, my guess if if you put a gun to my head, so to speak, as of now, I would say I think they're going to miss out on the NCAA's uh, just as of now. However, like you said, it's the margin for error or the range is, is so tight when you get into that, uh, you know, first four versus NIT, that, that whole discussion. So, I mean, game here, game there can, can drastically shift things. Moreover, you know, if Potter somehow becomes eligible, you know, maybe that whole prediction changes significantly, but, but yeah, at this point, I would say, I think they're going to narrowly miss it. Um, and then uh, head into next season, which, is when this these crazy recruits are going to start <laughs> arriving for Wisconsin, I I think, but uh, yeah, but yes, yeah. So it should it, it should be interesting. I th- I think there'll be a lot of drama as far as the bubble and and all that goes. But uh, but yeah, at this point, I'm I think I'm a little bit lower, uh, but generally kind of the the same ballpark. Yeah, but, I think uh, it's, it's such a cl- anything between let's say 40th in the country and 70th in the country in the preseason. You know, it's you can't. It's so hard to see those differences and to really predict <laughs> with any. But I just wanted to say, since you mentioned next year, um, one interesting aspect of this team of this team is they only have one senior, Revan Pritzel. Mm-hmm. So if they are in that range, even if they are a narrow miss um, of, uh, for the tournament, that's still okay. I think we'll still feel fine because you're coming in next year, and they do have a really good recruiting class for Wisconsin um, coming in. So it, it, things are setting up nicely for next year, unless this year is, is a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, but Bart, before I let you go, uh, if you could just tell people again, where can they check out your stuff? And then moreover, um, any final thoughts you have on, on Wisconsin and the Big Ten? Yep, my website is barttorvik.com. Um, I'm on Twitter at totally underscore T underscore bomb dot um i guess at twitter um and yeah i'm it's fun to talk about wisconsin because there's just so many question marks and so many things you can imagine happening so it's just a really interesting season and honestly i just can't wait for it to start 
Excellent. Yeah. Well, well, thanks again for joining us. Uh, for everyone else, thanks for listening to the podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bendit. Follow me on Twitter at tbendit. Uh, subscribe, rate our podcast, and, and all that stuff. Keep checking out our site. More season preview stuff to come. And with that, we'll see you all next time.